Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Brute force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio. Special Operations Military News and Straight Talk with the Guys in the Community. Hey, welcome back to Soft Rep Radio. I am your host, Rad, and I have a very cool conversation to have today. But before I get into who my guest is, I want to remind you to continue supporting our merch shop, right? Softrep.com. Check out the merch store, all the branded goods that are in there. There's coffee mugs. It's Christmas time. Pick something up, send it to a loved one and tell them Rad sent you, right? Keep the fireplace on. And then also, you know, we have that book club. It's softrep.com forward slash book hyphen club. We're really pushing it. Uh, Also join our email list to get updates and all sorts of tips and tricks on you know how to stay in the know with softrep.com now someone reached out to me named lily and she's like rad we need to get ben on and i have ben williams today from exion technologies who's going to talk to us about um autonomous drones uh the ai world uh how you know he's using his company's uh capabilities to try to solve problems like finding people who are missing for example uh, our friend Lily, that are, is a mutual acquaintance, she lived in Acapulco. She's very familiar with the area. And just recently, less than about a month ago from filming this in uh, October timeframe, they were hit with a category, uh, what, four or five hurricane, right? 
Yeah. So a serious problem with, um, you know, with a huge storm destroyed tons of infrastructure, um, you know, a, a place where uh, there was uh, a large tourist base and, you know, a lot of sort of varied kind of, uh, kind of buildings and just utter destruction, lots of stuff destroyed um, and a real, a real problem for search and rescue crews that are going into an area where there was some regulation around, you know, resiliency for natural disasters. But probably not as much as uh, might be used to in the United States, for instance, or uh, North, Northern or Western Europe, uh, that sort of thing. So you're in an area where it's not, um, you know, it's not a a really really easy and established process for search and rescue and uh, medical response, uh, disaster response, etc. So you have a lot of folks going in. You have international workers. You have uh, domestic and regional workers that are trying to come in and help, uh, but the infrastructure not being in place, the tools not being standardized. So there's a lot of um, a lot of problems with uh, being able to go in and help, even if the, the help is available, even if the money or the resources are available. It's hard to operate in those kind of worlds. And, you know, of course, that there's a lot of similarities to um, government defense scenarios where you are operating often in areas where you don't have the infrastructure. You have to bring stuff along with you. Um, similar even to some of the other commercial worlds that we operate in, which are like um, remote industrial scenarios where you can't depend on super high bandwidth communications, really well-established GPS or comms networks, you know, dependable roads, all that sort of thing. You kind of have to be a little bit more flexible with uh, the environments. So now, difficult now, with your company, right? And and, and you're back. You, you, this is not your first time on Soft Rep Radio. So I feel like I have the relationship with you. Just to give you a little mm-hmm. background to my listener who may not have saw our, our previous episode, you know, your former Navy uh, surface mm-hmm. warfare. Tell us a little bit about your Navy background. Sure. So I was um, uh, what's called a surface warfare officer, which is an unrestricted line role. Um, I was on a surface ship. Uh, cruiser at Bunker Hill uh, for my first tour, and this was um, just just post 9/11. Uh, so as part of the uh, all the work that went into um, going into Iraq um, that time around, I uh, ran small boat teams, ran communications division, and a bunch of uh, battle group stuff there as well. Then followed on with nuke school and running the uh, a portion of the reactor plant on an aircraft carrier. Uh, after that so no kidding uh, you were the guy you were scotty in the engines you're like i'm giving <laughs> her right. all she's got yeah no, <laughs> no kidding huh i mean like yeah. i know i've talked to you but that's pretty cool to rethink about mm-hmm. that you are like i'm giving her all yeah. she's got it's like you know half stern full you're like sir it's nuclear oh, yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's in a core yeah. is that, right. you is don't that yeah, is it flooded with water and all that to keep it all probably top secret? Climate, yeah, right? well, I mean that's that's part of the, uh, the the nuclear plant is that you have water that sort of cools the reactor, mm-hmm. and you know there's actually an interesting parallel here is that when I was on uh, on my second deployment with uh, the aircraft carrier, we actually did a disaster response. I think it was for Hurricane Katrina, um, and so we were anchored uh, not far off of the coast um, in the uh, the Gulf of Mexico, yeah, and all of the cooling water that comes into the plant to cool down the reactor and you know keep all the equipment running um, kept getting clogged with debris that was coming down the river from all the wreckage and the mm. floods. And so we had to sort of continuously shut down parts of the those water intakes, clear the debris, and then restart uh, those those systems. And um, you know, for a, an aircraft carrier used to operating out in the middle of the ocean, you know, in 
thousands of feet of water, not usually a problem. And right. so it was a really interesting transition where we were flying, you know, 24 seven flights, uh, helicopters into do resupply and, you know, drop fresh water and food and, you know, bring medics and all that kind of like stuff. Into the so, districts and the wards of like New Orleans exactly. and everything where it was yeah, just yeah. like completely the, the levees broke, you know, that was right. a huge disaster. Right. And, uh, yep. Yeah, that, that's crazy. And you were just right. You were involved in that, uh, you know, a humanitarian effort from the Navy. Yeah. Right. And here we yeah. are talking about more humanitarian efforts. And I mean, that's you're right. autonomous, right? So you can literally mm -hmm. back then, if you had autonomous capabilities like you mm -hmm. do today, now you can go into Acapulco or you can map out the mm -hmm. area. Right. And try to see. Right. Yeah. I mean, so uh, this is a great example, right? Is like if you're going in fresh to a disaster zone, mm -hmm. you might have the, the old map of the downtown or you know of a facility like a, like right. a resort or something like that right so you go i know what it used to look like mm -hmm. but the only thing i know for sure is that it doesn't look like that now because you know things have collapsed there's roads that might not be passable you don't know if any of the, the running water is still in play or if it's still running but it's you know contaminated water now or you know is power still going in are we able to receive any mm -hmm. radio or telephone or you know, are there cell networks that are still in play or has power knocked all those out as well? Is the major pole still standing, you know, that we need to look exactly. at that has everything on it. So you can just get in there right. and just look and say, okay, that's up. Well, then where's exactly. the plug unplugged at and try to figure this situation right. out. And so in these contexts, like that, that first sort of look at what the, what the situation is on the ground is mm -hmm. so important because that impacts all of your planning going forward, right? You can't deploy fresh water or doctors or rescuers or anything unless you get some sense of what's going on. So in this context, if you have autonomous systems that you can just deploy and say, go map whatever you can find, give me the structural model from LIDAR and the visual and infrared from cameras that are on there, mm -hmm. you can come back and you say, all right, my best guess is, you know, Road X is clear enough that we can get rescue vehicles in, but there's rubble where there used to be these three buildings. We're getting some heat signatures, so maybe there's survivors in this area. Uh, you know, focus your efforts in this area first. And then as a result of that, you get like a good sense for how to operate. How does the Mexican government, uh, you know, it you know, take like they invite you in, come take care of this? Is this like something that? Well, you know, are they okay with flying drones in their, their hood? <laughs> I mean, it, it's a good question, right? Like yeah. every, every place is different. So even, even within the U S it gets a little complicated because mm -hmm. you have overlapping, you know, uh, fiefdoms in a sense, right? You have, uh, each state that can basically get access to federal resources if they declare a disaster and then they get access to federal funding that's sort of set aside for it. Uh, you have, um, FEMA, right. That is, will come in, but only if they're asked, right? They don't just sort of drop in no matter what. So local law enforcement, local disaster response has the first sort of coverage. And the further we get from the US, the more difficult it is to know that you're operating, you know, with the right folks. So, you know, Mexico, there's a lot of familiarity. We do a lot of joint work um, as a country with Mexico, yes. obviously, it's, you know, a neighbor to the south. So um, it's a little bit clearer there, but it's still a lot of figuring out how to coordinate successfully, right? Plus there's a language barrier, you know, <laughs> Spanish, their primary language, English primary language here, lots of overlap, but still there's the challenges in how do you coordinate successfully? And so in a lot of cases, what you have is you get in there and then you get, you know, equipment and money and resources in play. 
And then it's trying to figure out who does what first and coordinating it. So getting information is so much more important than getting like material in the early, in the early steps of that. Right. It's almost like, you know, the cart before the horse, uh, right. you know, everybody wants to go in with the brick and mortar, but it's like, what are you yeah. going in with brick and mortar for? Right. right? So it's like yep. having all that stuff, but you, you might not need it all. You just need to get in there and maybe move the trees. Exactly. And there's the building yeah. that the trees have fallen in front of versus rebuilding. Right. I, I totally yep. am all for, you know, using it in a healthy, you know, manageable mm-hmm. way. Um, I also know yeah. that what we're talking about can be possibly taken and, you know, turned into opposite, right? I've seen Terminator now, right? Even though I'm 46, <laughs> yeah. I saw it this year for the first the Terminator <laughs> 1 with my wife and my kids because yep. yep. I grew up in the 80s wanting Rambo more than Schwarzenegger. No offense, right? right. okay? If either of them want to come on the show, let me know. But uh, I finally saw Terminator and I'm like, yeah, you know, you're only as good as the people who program them. Okay? That's true. John yeah. Connor, right? So are you... John, are you, are you creating Skynet? Are you not creating Skynet? <laughs> what 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 is yeah. your role in the world here? Can we hear just straight yeah. from you? Because you're the COO, right? That's right. Yeah. So I mean, we've we've actually focused very explicitly on a mode of autonomy here that is focused on self-contained elements. So we're not trying to sort of broadly network and deploy, you know, a uh, an entire sort of net of independent AIs here. Um, but these are these are dedicated individual units that are specifically focused on doing exploration or doing you know information gathering. So we are not in the business of, for instance, delivering kinetics. We don't do that work uh, even with the DoD. We focus on uh, on information gathering and trying to remove people from uh, difficult or dangerous environments. That's sort of our charter as a company. Mm-hmm. And so all of our work is focused around that same kind of thing. Whether it's uh, you know civil uh, defense, commercial, industrial, you know search and rescue, all of these things revolve around the same basic idea, which is get as much information as quickly as possible. Make sure that you have the right knowledge before you put people in harm's way. That's right, recon. I got a friend who's about twenty something years old. He's going through the academy at U.S. Air Force for mm-hmm. a pilot, and he's I was like, oh sweet, what are you going to fly? He's like drones. I was like, of yep, course, yep. Yeah. I was like, of course, not the A-10, you know, not right. the F-35, <laughs> any of the yep. configurations, but the drones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so. I was like, of, of course, you know, in a flight yeah. suit, flight gloves, okay, mm-hmm. right. sitting there with a big gulp. All right. right. <laughs> he can literally take yeah. a leak. He can get up and mm-hmm. go probably take a leak and someone can take over the controls for him. You can't do that oh, in yeah. a real aircraft, you know, all these things yeah. that, you know, um, are the smallest detail. Mm-hmm that matters on a, on a mission, right? Whether, whether you're doing recovery or, you know, a, a defense of your nation or whatever the case may be with it, mm-hmm. a pilot has to fly that. That's right. Right. And I call yeah. that snow piercer. The human element always has to be involved with the machine. Right. right? And here yeah. we are, you're creating something autonomous that has human mm-hmm. element where it's programmed. Right. And for my listener, and correct me if I'm wrong, autonomous mm-hmm. is like a boomerang. I could send it out there with its mm-hmm. coordinates and then I could coordinate it to do its job, which is map for 24 hours. And then it comes right. back home to me mm-hmm. with all the yeah. information. In general, that's exactly right. So what we focus on is the implementation of um, what we call level four autonomy, which is uh, you do not have to do the sort of minutia of mission planning. Instead, you give it a high level mission objective. You say um, within this bounding box, explore whatever you can, come back with the best information model you can find. Uh, and then, you know, 
it will decide its own safe flight corridors. It will avoid people and objects and wires and rebar and whatever, uh, find its way back home. And then you get all this information to make better decisions with. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. My goodness, it's just going to be like a little hummingbird that's just like moving around all these little things around like, oh, rebar, I don't want right. that. Got to yeah. go over this. It's just going to be like right. at the same time mapping, oh, the rebar is right there and exactly. every, yeah. all the information, right? And so there's, there's, there's some cool sensors out there that help find people that are like in mines that are collapsed and whatnot right. is, I mean, I, I can only imagine sending a, like a drone into a mine, you know, in this day and age to be able to see yeah. if they can get through you right. know, to see what's going on. I don't know, man. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, we've been used, uh, I, I'm not allowed to share the exact location, but mm. we, uh, we participated in um, a mine collapse emergency reaction oh. where we overnighted a system to another continent. We got on the phone for 30 minutes and just gave them quick training. And then they went underground and they explored a whole section of the mine where a wow. tunnel had collapsed down into the next level down and very dangerous environment. You know, they were they were you know worried about making any progress towards it. It would have taken probably a week or two to sort of progress into the area that had collapsed. But with these kind of systems, they did one sort of test flight up to the the area, and then one exploration volume. And within an hour, they had a full model of the whole collapsed area. So they saved you know probably a week or two of time. Uh, trying to access that environment so and and also lives you know you're you're not risking yeah. someone having to low exactly. crawl into there to try right. to like you're although there's nothing that could quite replace the human touch and feel of, of something yeah. right of course mm -hmm. but i think that you're 99 percent the next best bet right yeah right. and it makes people more effective too right if right. they if they're going into an area 
better to have at least a sense for what's going on. You know, know the areas that are definitely dangerous and almost definitely safe so that you can kind of weigh the differences between everything. It's basically armor, right? You have a knight in shining armor who goes into battle and he still has all these yeah. open areas to be stabbed, but he feels like he's going to do it all. Okay. And so that's kind of what the drone gives its operator and its team is like, mm-hmm. here's your armor on feel, feel free to go ahead and be valiant and go ahead with the drone. And then yeah. you can follow in behind it, you know, yeah. uh, to take you care of it. It's like, it's yeah. armor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like mental <laughs> armor, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like an EOD robot for the robot right. guy. You know, he's like, Hey, right. I got a robot. I'm going to look inside this room real quick. I mean, yeah. well, knowledge of safety in this context, right? Better a hundred percent. And, and you know, I'm not saying that robots are going to fight the wars, but uh, mm-hmm. I think the current president did say he's not afraid of a gunshot starting a war. It's a keystroke. Yeah. You that's know, right. You know, he's like, that's all <laughs> oh, everybody yeah. sit behind these keystrokes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, that that is like, you know, in the grand scheme of um, robotics in sort of conflict, like that is that is a critical element that you know, all of the countries in the world are going to have to really figure out how they how they want to interact there. Right. Because it's it's one layer removed when you don't have people interacting directly. Mm-hmm. You you reduce that sort of empathic response of like, this is a person right. that I'm going against versus I see a thing on a screen and that's like layers removed from well, the impact. Like, let's think about like, I think it's World War One, World War Two. You know, they had a, a quiet Christmas right. in the trenches because they all right. were like singing to each other because. Yeah. They all had moms and dads at some point in their lives that loved them and taught them how to love Christmas and love each right. other. And here they are fighting each other. I don't see, you know, T-1000 and T-2000 singing in harmony together. It's just going to be cool. complete like wasteland <laughs> yeah. of like, you know, until one is gone. And then oh, you wanted me to p- build a perfect world, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get them, Tron. Get them. You're right. like, wait, but I'm the creator. <laughs> I don't know if you get my references, but I hope so, oh, I bro. Oh, yeah. No, I, I watched both of those. And, uh, oh, man. You know, fascinating, it's like, fascinating movies. So true, though. It's like, hey, yeah. uh, you made me, right? Yeah. Right. To be the best, right? It's going to have to get you out of the way now, though. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> Holy cow. So so with, with Exion uh, Technologies, you know, is that something that uh, you would – is there a consumer market for that? Like a regular consumer versus just like such a, uh, we need it for search and rescue. Is there something that's going to be, you know, applicable to the daily lives of us here as just regular civilians without it or with it? Probably not in the short run. Um, I mean, our systems are, are more sort of industrial scale, industrial usage, right? They're, they're not, I mean, you could buy them, I guess, in theory as a consumer, but most people don't have, you know, hundred thousand dollars laying around to, uh, to make those purchases. Mm-hmm. And so, um, most of the time we are useful for industrial scale enterprises that see huge value from, you know, increased speed to decision-making, removing people from dangerous environments and being able to digitize the sort of physical industry. And so, um, the consumer side really isn't, isn't an area we've put any time or effort into as a sure. result of that. Um, in theory, you probably could, I mean, you see folks like, Skydio that gave that a run and then sort of gave it up recently. You know, they focused instead on purely enterprise and defense. Um, and that probably is because there's not enough demand in the market, plus paired with the fact that DJI has just been building very high quality products. Which they have. Um, sure. Yeah, which they have. And they have. And, and they have. And they've been yeah. doing it for a while now. So they have like a little skin in the game. And, uh, right. you know, exactly. uh, I'm still waiting for this 
thing that was supposed to come out during the COVID TikTok uh, social media thing. It's like buy it now where you hook it onto your arm and then it follows you oh, like, yeah. while you snowboard, right? Pretty slick, or yeah. any type of those, like say you're rock climbing, right? And it's just mm-hmm. like going to go up with yeah. you or repelling, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It just is like a pet above <laughs> you, following yeah. you, right? Yep. I, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> don't remember what it is but uh, uh you know I, that's what i was thinking maybe there's something in the consumer market you know for that mm-hmm. type of a thing but um yeah. you know holy cow dude it, it's a huge industry now that i think totally. about it yeah yeah it is well and i think what you're going to see is more and more of the the physical industries adopting elements here right like we got our start in the drone space but we do ground robotics as well and we see a large uptick in you know, factory floors and uh, manufacturing and logistics and warehousing, all of these areas where, you know, there's a there's a viable business running there, but it's a physical business. Right. And it's hard to get digital information about even things that you own, like your warehouses, still hard to digitize. And so as you get better and better at automating and making autonomous the systems that gather that data, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it goes from being an expensive one-off to something where you have a couple dozen robots gathering information all the time. And all of a sudden you've got a full up-to-date digital representation of your whole uh, physical built environment. And that changes the game in terms of the decisions you can make, the tools you use, and even how you staff that place. Like it makes you so much more efficient. You probably don't have any less people, but they're much more productive as individuals. And maybe someone doesn't have to do that dangerous aspect uh, right. uh, of the situation anymore because you figured out yeah. a way to do it without it, but they're still like overseeing the project. They haven't right. lost their job. Exactly. You know, you're just incorporating this into mm-hmm. their, their, mm, yeah. their payroll so that they feel like you're feeding them pizza. You That's know, right. you feed your troops, they're going to fight for you. That kind of yeah. attitude. It's like you put a little bit into the staff's needs and they're going to be like, hey, man, why would I go anywhere else? This guy, they supply That's us right. with the right tools. We have the information that comes to help us. The guys across the street are still like, you know, using a pick and an axe That's to right. do this. Yeah. It's like 100 percent. Now, oh, I had a thought here. It was kind of kooky, but I don't, I don't remember it. I thought I was thinking about like, <laughs> what about like, hold on. It's all about these drones because there's so many of them. It's like, I, I I don't even know, bro. There's like photography. <laughs> there's, I got, a, I got guys yeah. that are like doing movies with drones, big, huge, heavy du- duty, yeah. duty drones, man. Yeah. And, oh, AI. Here's my question about AI to you. Um, you know, um, uh, podcasts and things like that are starting to go AI and, uh, you know, they're trying to say, Hey, what if we had, you know, somebody speak on modern terms, but they're from like, you know, the 1800s and you get this like classy voice talking about like Black Hawk yeah, Down, yeah. right? You're like, okay, hey, Billy Kid's telling about Black Hawk Down, AI, it's all AI. Right. I get how entertaining that is, right? Mm-hmm. However, when does AI talking to AI only become just AI mm-hmm. talking to AI and all information is just computer generated because it can't, it's yeah. not getting any, uh, am I making sense? Yeah. You're, uh, well, let me see if I'm summarizing correctly. Sure. Like you're saying um, at a certain point when you don't have humans in that conversation anymore and it's just right. two AIs sort of talking to each other, then you may get further and further off the reservation where it becomes Correct. less relevant for people as consumers or participants. Correct. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is a really good question. And that actually is one of the one of the underlying 
questions that a lot of the the new uh, like LLM sort of GPT style AI uh, companies are really trying to tackle now mm-hmm. is you know how do you how do you accelerate the process of training the those machine learning models quickly and cost effectively without having to train it on real world data, which is by itself very imperfect. Like, you know, all of the all the chatbots that are trained on, you know, Twitter data sets or, right. uh, you know, they end up just being like terrible humans, like equivalents, right? Because they're taking Correct. the worst impulses of people on social media and going, so this is a person? <laughs> and you're like, no, right, exactly. That. It's like, it's like create yeah. this image of what this is. And then they go and pull all that data from yeah. what it's been fed. Right. Right. And if AI is only feeding AI, mm-hmm. you know, and that human interaction starts to go because people do want to, you know, use it and bring it in. And, you know, mm-hmm. they could have, you know, uh, major news outlets probably use chat GPT to write articles, oh, yeah. you know, and, and this AI is just smashing it all up. And if all AI yeah. is get it, I just think that the interaction of the human element always has mm-hmm. to snow piercer. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, so, I mean, I think the, the biggest worry in, in my view is, where you have um, state independent actors, like you know, sort of the equivalent of uh, of terror organizations, but folks mm-hmm. that are that are saying, "I don't care what the impacts are. I'm just trying to affect this negative outcome for a group." And Correct. you know, this was popularized in the last election, where there was a lot of paid uh, disinformation from North Korea, <laughs> Russia, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Um, but as you get America, <laughs> yeah, and as you get further into that world. Yeah. then the AI models accelerate the ability for what the intelligence community would call an asymmetric threat, right? It's a single individual that can have large impact mm-hmm. by driving these, these sort of negative conversations. And so AI and especially LLMs have a huge outsized impact there. And that, that's what worries me the most is, you know, there's no regulation for that. And there couldn't be because they you know, are outside of that, that sort of category. Right. So then what happens with that? And unless we can figure out a way to sort of bypass that or to evaluate or, you know, get in front of that, you know, we as citizens and individuals are in a bad place to kind of evaluate all that stuff. So, I don't even think this conversation that you and I are having is really happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is something yeah. that if you're listening right now to our show, you're hearing <laughs> stuff that nobody's really talking about around the dinner table. Okay. And cause nobody's really thinking like, oh, yeah. this is happening, but right. it is Yep, very much. So you're going to like conferences and you're seeing like, you know, uh, vendors who yeah. are just Absolutely. probably just flourishing and trying to like say, buy yeah. our thing, buy our thing. You need this yeah. thing, you know? this little screw to go into all your AI stuff. You need this little bolt, you know, cause it's yeah. space age stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dang, dude. Yeah. It's pretty and wild. It is wild. It is. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's the consumer market show. Do you guys go to CES? Is that what you guys do? How do you, how, may I? Yeah. I mean, we that? will yeah. be at CES this year. Um, mm-hmm. we are more in the sort of, uh, market specific, uh, survey and geospatial and mining, sort of industrial shows where you have mm-hmm. other vendors and customers that are looking for very specific sort of sets of solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that world, you know, those are, those are great conversations to have because it's often people who have very specific problems and, and we can listen to them. And that's, you know, the fundamental product building, right? Is like, listen, learn, understand what the, what their existing process is, what's bad about it and how we might be able to help them out. And so those conversations and having them sort of centralized 
is great. That's a big opportunity for us and helps us, you know, guide product development. And, you know, hopefully we sell systems as a result of that as well. Uh, but it all is linked to better understanding of the problems people are facing in their, yes. uh, in their operating scenario. Right. 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 And like, maybe how can you come together to like solve problems versus yeah. cause problems? That's right. Yeah. hundred percent. No, I love that. I love your, I'm sure you have think tanks and you're involved in all sorts <laughs> of stuff that is just outside the box. Typically. We try right. six yeah. Sigma this bro. Okay. It's like <laughs> you better six Sigma, this autonomous drone, man. It's like hmm, yep. word with math, math with words. Let me figure this out. Blades, mm -hmm. props, <laughs> camera, <laughs> yep. put it all together. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Wow. That's really neat, dude. Now, mm -hmm. well, now as a young man growing up before you went in the Navy, did you think you were going to be working in such futuristic stuff or were you like, I'm going to be, you know, uh, full-time Navy? Yeah. I mean, I probably, I, I liked the categories. I don't know that I really thought I would be able to do them all. Um, for a, for a bit, I probably was like, you know, in, in my rebellion phase, I probably was like, I want to go live in the woods and write angry poetry or something. But, you know, that. then, you know, we, we all go through our own version of that. But, then, yeah, you know, <laughs> later on, I was like, you know, really, really dig on the the idea of service. Uh, I was um, I was a big fan of um, Robert Heinlein, and he wrote a particular book called Starship Troopers, which was made into oh, sort yeah. of this sort of oddball uh, over the top movie. But he actually wrote that book around the concept of service and citizenship and, you know, whether you deserve citizenship through birthright or through service, uh, which is a really, really interesting philosophical question and one that is mm -hmm. incredibly contentious all over right. the U.S. included. And um, my, my take on it was basically that, you know, I, you know, white male born in New England and, you know, at a time when I've got a lot going for me. <laughs> so, you know, I figured, yeah. you know, given that and I should be doing service first and then thinking about what, what can I do for me or for my family or, or whatever. So that, that was kind of my background for going into the military in the first place. Um, but, you know, as a result of that, I focused on like, let me learn and understand and, you know, get a sense for how the country works. And like, I'm sure there's a lot wrong mm -hmm. with it, but however we got here, it's not bad. Let me see how I can participate in improving it and making it better. So, you know, that was kind of my, my starting point. The fact that I get to work on all this cool stuff now, you know, full thumbs up. I'm a huge fan. I love it. Right. I keep, you know, trying to press and go after interesting projects and interesting categories and, you know, trying sure. to help people make things better. But yeah. Been pretty lucky. How many years you do in the Navy? How many uh, years I did Navy? like about six years. I did I um I did ROTC, so I owed two tours. I did a little bit more than that. I went to nuke school and did that stuff. Um, but yeah, so. And then, and then the transition, right? A lot of our yeah. listeners uh, are veterans or, or yeah. might be in, and they're like, hey, you know, the transition. We hear it all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. how do I transition from military to right. civilian life? Well, you were a civilian. Mm -hmm. And you transition to the military. Yep. So first of all, you're successful at it. So you can do it again. Mm -hmm. And so what was it that made you uh, transition into this field, may I? Yeah. So I think the way that I kind of viewed coming out of the military was, you know, I had this sense that I wanted to have an impact and, you know, mm -hmm. drive the conversation and the technologies forward. But there were such huge gaps in my experience. Like, you know, junior officer in the Navy, you learn a lot, you get to do a lot of things. Um, but you can also fill a ship with what I didn't know and what I thought I knew and really didn't. 
And, uh, you know, coming out of that, I didn't know anything about finance. You know, I knew operations. I knew, you know, some form of leadership. I had I, I had to learn to lead people quickly and under duress. Um, but, you know, I didn't have any idea how the finances worked. I didn't have any idea about a lot of the sort of the business theory behind things that I sort of guessed at or had like sort of a street level knowledge of. Um, and so going in and saying, okay, maybe that's the next thing to do is do business development, sales, finance, just get, how does it work? What's the underpinning there? Right. And then being able to apply leadership and, uh, management and operations experience to that then gives you a pretty good baseline for, you know, learning the next thing, learning a new industry, learning a new jargon you know, et cetera. Yep. And I think that honestly, I do a lot of mentorship for people transitioning out of the military. I've been a coach and mentor for over a decade uh, doing that stuff. And by far the biggest problem people have is trying to describe how their experience in the military is relevant to different scenarios. And, you know, the mm -hmm. easiest, you know, trap people fall into, especially for like a guy that was a rifleman or something is like, well, right. what, what kind of, treatment, you know? yeah, like what kind of job am I going to have that's going to pay me to like carry a gun still? And you're like, sure, police officer, security, whatever. Right. But like, it's kind of right. missing the point because even right. as a, even as like a junior rifleman, 10% of your job is like combat specific, right? Most of it is, you know, organization, you know, doing like small management and maintenance, you know, the, in the Navy, it's called, uh, you know, preventative maintenance systems like PMS. And like, that is, you know, the, the day to day of every sailor, junior or senior. And like most of that stuff translates to the civilian world, but you got to learn how to sure. break it down into little building blocks so that you're going out of, out of a, a 40 hour a week, you know, three hours was shooting <laughs> the rest of it relevant. And so helping people to sort of break that stuff down has been a huge, huge piece of how I've been doing mentorship in that category. And, you know, a lot of it helps people to sort of just transition into use, using different terminology, different phrases, mm -hmm. you know, recognizing that all of the, the sort of the three letter summaries you have for things don't apply. <laughs> and it's probably going to get confusing because there's civilian or corporate jargon versions of those same three you can't letters. say PMS. You, yeah, exactly. Uses the PMS and they're going to be like, what? Go to HR. Yeah. You're like, no, I'm just trying to do <laughs> yeah. preventative maintenance exactly. solutions. Yeah. So, you know, so, yeah. so you got to, yeah, I get that. I get that. So, that, yeah, it's cool. a really yeah, interesting that, 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 that. transition. Yeah. To get there, you know, and if somebody is in the military and they're transitioning, what's something that uh, Exian Technologies might be looking for out of them? You know, are you looking mm -hmm. for all bachelor's, master's guys? Is there somebody out there that could? Can the chef apply? Is there a cook, <laughs> yeah. you know, position? Yeah. You know, because he could translate. That's right. So we've got, we've had a bunch of transitioning folks uh, come across. We've had um, an Air Force pilot. We had a Navy SEAL. Um, we've had, um, I think, a Marine Corps uh, rifleman. We had a, like an IT guy. Um, so, you know, we, it depends on the role you're hiring for, of course. Like we have some production technicians that don't require a college degree. We bring folks in and we help them uh, sort of train up. And it's a fairly technical role. Mm -hmm. but you don't need, you know, a four-year degree for it. And so a lot of times that structure from being in the military is great for coming in and doing, especially operational things where you're like, all right, here's the process. And they go, got it. I can nail that, you know, day two. And then you begin yeah. to extract like who are the ones that can think on their feet and can, you know, operate with more vague 
guidance and you know high level objectives and then they self-define their paths and you know you start to figure out who can who can promote easily and who you know is is better served to go to another place or whatever and you know we try and help people figure that out enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm signing up and playing is so easy simply sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matter more than ever place your money line prop and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. That's awesome. And I love the aspect of like, you know, bringing someone over who maybe worked, in, let's say the ship's armory, okay, where they have to check yeah. in the guns all day and right. all the equipment and they have to check it out. You know, you're like, yeah. how am I going to transition this into life? It's like, bro, inventory management, number one, <laughs> a lot, yeah. you know, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, totally. you know, it doesn't have to be cleaning at all. You could be like, right. oh, I know how to keep inventory. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a direct. How many, bus- how many businesses have inventory? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All of them, you know, <laughs> you know, you know. So, I mean, there's always something out there, right? You just got to think outside. How can I apply this to this? When people ask me, hey, Rad, are you hiring at your airsoft shop? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, uh, I never say no. Yeah. I never say no to the 14, mm-hmm. the 12-year-old who's asking, can you hire me? I'm like, I won't say no because maybe that kid knows how to edit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so if they send me a resume and it looks good and it's got something on there, yeah. you know, we might reach out to you and say, Hey, you want to do some side gigs or whatever? Mm-hmm. Or, or, um, but if you apply to the job and you, um, are applying to be a manager of a department store and you put down that, you know, you can snipe real well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta massage that right. for the, uh, the person reading that resume. Okay. Yeah. You, you gotta say, Oh, I can pay attention to detail. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you got yeah, exactly. You gotta pull apart the common building blocks and say, you know, have I got all of the exact experience? No, but all of the building blocks eighty right. percent overlap. And I can learn the other twenty percent. Exactly. Exactly. And if you give me a shot, I'll right. show you I can do it on the job. Exactly. No problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you're a veteran out there and you're looking to transition, just just do it. Just get it get yep. it going. Absolutely. Just apply. Apply yourself. Yeah. You know, and and it's okay to fail. 
That's where the word success comes from, right? (laughs) So every time I go to the gym, I know I'm going to go in there and fail because I'm going to push myself to failure so that hopefully the success of a longer heart rate or a better heart and no diabetes and, you know, all the other things that come along with some weight. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You know, nothing like, and also I've just been boxing, you know, that's Mm -hmm. really what I've really found to be a a mental uh, cleanser. Mm -hmm. And so not only am I, you know, throwing the gloves at the, at the gym, I'm, I'm clearing my head and I'm paying a hundred bucks a month to do this. Mm Like, where can you get a psychiatrist for that? You know, <laughs> the coach comes over. He's like, yeah, rad three, four, three, three, four, three. You're like, yes, coach. Yes, coach. It's just, yes, coach. You know, and that kind of environment, you yeah. know, where there's like that camaraderie and everybody's in there. Yeah, you see, be a better, healthy you is all I'm trying to say. Yep. You know, I'm not perfect. I can only strive for perfection. And this is what striving for perfection looks like. <laughs> okay. <There> you go. <laughs> oh, see, now I'm glad Lily introduced us again to talk about this because you know we're i I really do care about acapulco and all the people there i really want that to be you know kind of brought to the forefront because nobody's really talking about how hard mexico did get hit and it is such a thing that you know she's she's been already you know relating back and forth through emails with me so much i just wanted to just embarrass her a little more lily (laughs) just throw her name out there again so (laughs) just to make her smile when she watches this (laughs) yep I'm happy to know that folks like yourself, Ben, are out there trying to do the right thing with these new modern technologies that, you know, are going to just keep going and going and going and going. And uh, you're the building blocks of this. You guys uh, go to these conventions and see everything else that's going to be happening. So, I mean, holy cow, man. I can't wait for the movie you're going to (laughs) write. Fingers crossed. I'll get that ghostwriter moving. (laughs) Oh, seriously, right? Yeah, bro. Because the things that you're dealing with, I mean, you could bring that into a film. I don't know. Whether you're yeah. filming the movie with it or it's about what you're That's doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Art Very to true. life, dude. Art to life. <laughs> Let me okay, now now I ask my my folks that come on the show if they've had any type of a of an instance and and your navy. Mm-hmm. Now, uh what kind of a ship were you on when you first went out or what have you ever had? Mm-hmm. Here's my question. Have you ever had that I'm going to Davy Jones's locker moment uh, because of the mother nature's like, you're screwed today? We had, I had a few times where it was pretty dicey. Um, I led uh, small boat boarding teams doing um, VBSS, or I, at the time it was called VBSS. I, I think it's called something different now, but it was uh, board search and seizure. Visit is that board that search is? and seizure, yeah. And so, um, okay, visit boards. Okay. One of the one of the ships we boarded was, I want to say it was a Russian flagged ship that had maybe been smuggling something, and the the master on board was like a complete caricature. Like you could not have created a more made for movie caricature of like a Russian captain. It was just like holding a half empty bottle this guy he was like what do you want (laughs) a hundred percent just like like a russian mobster who decided to captain a ship like half empty bottle of vodka like waving a pistol around like we we really thought out of just you know drunkenness he was going to start shooting and so we went and secured the ship we got all the crew and and they were they were totally fine they were like yeah understood we know what's going on here um so they were chilling down in the salon but 
you know, we, we were sort of having this face off with this guy and it was me and the, uh, the assistant boarding officer who, uh, you know, thank God was like a, a super experienced senior enlisted uh, chief petty officer that, you know, had a lot of experience here. And so me, 22 year old, you know, junior officer or 23, I guess at the time, but, you know, I was, I think pretty decent at the job, but nowhere near the experience that, you know, the senior enlisted chief had. And he, he and I both sort of like were able to talk this guy down, but it was a pretty wild experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's probably the closest I've ever come to, uh, to someone like, you know, eyes, eyes in my eyes, like something might go here. <laughs> it was pretty weird. Holy cow. Yeah, no, that is, that is, yeah. You're just like, th- and thank goodness for your senior enlisted uh, yeah, chief, right? hundred percent. Yeah. He talked the guy down like See, chief. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I wouldn't see? have, uh, wouldn't see? have succeeded see? without him around. The officer respects the chief. Chief, oh, yeah, can't do anything without the chiefs. Come on, <laughs> anything without the chiefs. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, and I swap them back there with their mugs that are stained with black coffee. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever wash that mug. Yeah, never guys, wash their mug. Yep, no, sitting in the goat locker going, it's got damn flavor right. in it. <laughs> damn right, that's right. It's the chiefs. Every single one of me is the yep. chiefs. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What'd you uh, exit out of the Navy as? Uh, you went in as an ensign? Is that how it starts yep. out? Or? Yeah, I came in as an ensign. I left as a lieutenant, so an 03. Um, and then, uh, oh. you know, made my transition uh, from there. So, yeah. And, and have you almost ever sunk? <laughs> um, we had, we were in some pretty heavy, um, heavy seas uh, off of San Francisco, mm-hmm. actually, where this is actually a mm-hmm. terrible story it, you know, I, we weren't really, really in danger, but it was the worst I've ever felt at sea where it was a new moon. Yes. So no visual horizon, just total darkness. 
and we are going directly into uh, pretty high seas. It's like at 20 foot, maybe 25 foot swells. So like, and I was on a cruiser, so it was a small enough ship that, you know, you go up over top of that wave and you crest and then the bottom drops out. And I was on the mid watch from 10, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Uh, and of course, they'd served Mongolian barbecue that night. So everyone was just throwing up nonstop. But, you know, you're you, oh, yeah. you go up, you ride the crest, of the wave, no visual horizon and you're just waiting for it. And then bottom drops out and you literally are in free fall for, you know, one or two seconds. You know, then you slam hit the deck because it was like a you know, 15, 20 foot drop. And uh, yeah. everyone just like hanging on and, you know, the, the ships are built for that. So it's not like you're in real danger, but that felt pretty wild. Uh, and that was I've definitely never felt worse, like seasick <laughs> than I have at that time. And that was just that was just shitty. <laughs> respect for Mother Nature. Is yeah. that your uh, you 100%. respect the sea? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Huh? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to a salty dog the other day uh, and I was interviewing him and uh he said that, you know, uh, he was in a four-day typhoon off the coast of Nam on a destroyer oh, when boy. he was about to go down. Yeah. But he, they lived. He said out of everybody on the crew, only three were eating. Yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah. That's, that's got to be what you're talking about, you know. Yeah. Holy cow. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Navy. You know, I, I decided on the Air Force. My dad was a Green Beret and mm-hmm. former Navy himself, mm-hmm. right? But I, but now that I think about the Navy today as a 45-year-old, 46-year-old dad, and mm-hmm. I'm like, yar, that sounds just <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, you're playing yeah. with the ocean, dude. It's yeah. like these ships seem so big when they're ported, but once you're out into the vastness of the ocean, mm-hmm. you're just like a toothpick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's absurd. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it is. It is. It's amazing the technology to float on water mm-hmm. and dive down with ballast on submarines oh, yeah. and just... The Navy is badass. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> United States Navy and all you sailors are, are awesome. Okay. I just want to shout out to that. No wow. Doubt. That was right inside my heart. I feel it all tingling, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. Cause I only get to see what like Tom Hanks shows us on the movies or That's like right. some yeah. kind of crazy, like, you know, top 10, you know, right. sea freighters crossing yeah. into the water. But bro, oh, yeah. if I can only imagine though, you know, you're a captain with your mug and you're just like, uh, just send it. <laughs> yeah. Sir, 5,000 men on board. Roger. Full speed ahead. Just, yep. You'll Here see. You <laughs> Turn yep. into it. You'll see. Turn into it. But, sir, just do it. Yep. Yeah. Those <laughs> some, some salty guys there that run the, uh, run the ships. There is. There is. Did you ever have what they call a polywog moment? Yeah. So I did the, uh, the shellback ceremony when we, we crossed the equator and um, got, my, got my card and everything. So it was a, it was an interesting you the baby that they had to kiss or is that what I heard? Is that what I hear? Uh, were you see. that or so I was, um, or were you holding your coffee mug? Just like looking good boys. No, looking no, good. I got, I got <laughs> shellacked pretty well. Um, it was, I think, you. It, you know, our, at that point, when was it? this must've been, uh, 2002 maybe. Um, so it was after my first deployment, but like still, just post nine 11. So I think at that point it was very much like they had started removing some of the worst parts of the ceremony. Um, but it was still mm-hmm. <laughs> not very comfortable. And so it was still some, some pain and discomfort involved, but it wasn't, wasn't probably what, you know, you would have gone through, uh, in like the Vietnam era where I think you really just got like, the Oh yeah. That's what I've heard. Of, that's why, that's why I heard the story from that. Yeah. He has, he's like, there was no weight <laughs> management. Yeah. <laughs> So they had the biggest guy. 
oh, get yeah. greased up on his belly. Oh man! And they all had to like kiss his belly with the grease from the the takeoff of the aircraft carrier, the shot put thing. Yeah. Holy cow, dude! Yeah. You the Navy man. <laughs> That's why it's so cool world. though. Yeah. That's what it is. You know, I would probably have so much tattoos, dude. I'd be like, I've been <laughs> yeah. across the equator. I've returned home fifteen times. Yep. I have all these birds on me. <laughs> Well, most most of the guys get. Did an you get tatted first. up with anything? I didn't. I I came pretty oh, close acre? a couple times, but I got usually uh-huh. a senior officer would intervene and be like, "Do you really think that's a good idea?" I'm like, "Yes," and they're like, "No, <laughs> get back in the shit." No. So. Yeah, that would be like my dad talking to me. Are you sure you want to do that? You sure about that? You sure yeah. about that? Yeah. Uh, no. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Yeah. I, 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 I've had you for almost just about an hour of our time and, and you've been a really wonderful guest to come back. And I'm glad that we were able to talk about, you know, the positive services that you guys are providing to people who need it, like in Acapulco, right? And in other uh, war-torn areas. And I'm sure, you know, uh, to wind it down, I want to know, um, do you feel that you'll use your stuff in the greater stuff that's going on, like over in Gaza? Is that something that's, you know... It's a good um, question. Um, I think there's still a lot of people figuring out how and where to use systems on the battlefield. Um, in yeah. general, the U S and allies have been a little slower to use very AI driven stuff. It's been a lot of adoption on the Russian side, uh, the Turkish side, yeah. um, uh, Chinese side. And so I don't really know what the role is for like our system specifically. I think you're going to see a lot of AI driven technologies enter the battlefield shortly driven by a lot of the, you know, the war innovation that's happening, especially around um, Ukraine, Russia right now. Um, I think, yes. you know, you're seeing Shield AI and you're seeing Anduril and you're seeing Skydio sort of playing in those worlds as well from a, those are like a cheaper, uh, cheaper system side. And I mean, Anduril is using loitering munitions and that sort of thing, like, you know, actual basically drones with explosives on them. And so I think there's a lot of different categories that are going to start um, being utilized. Um, I think where, where you're going to see technologies like ours the most is on logistics and ISR and sort of getting a better sense for what's happening on the battlefield and, you know, trying to make sure that we're not putting people into the most dangerous parts and, you know, being more mm-hmm. effective when we mm-hmm. do. And ISR, correct me, it's international search and rescue, right? Uh, in right? this case, yeah, it's a great example. So in this case, it's intelligence surveillance reconnaissance. And so it's the idea of trying to get a better sense of the battlefield uh, from an intel perspective. All right, cool. I'm glad you corrected me. I can't <laughs> always be right. <laughs> nope. That's for you, Dad. <laughs> Who sits on the mantle right over there on the fireplace there on go. every one of these shows looking over my shoulder. Yep. Going, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Okay, well, um, you know, the best place to go and check out more about um, uh, Exion Technologies is exiontechnologies.com, you know, and if you want to learn more or try to put yourself out there and send a resume because you have what it takes to work with um, uh, Ben and his crew, then do that and he'll he'll let you know. And uh, do you have anything you want to say in the last parting words before I uh, close out the show? No, I appreciate the time here. Um, like you, like you alluded to before, you know, it's it's a it's a huge shame about the uh, the stuff that happened down in Acapulco, and unfortunately, it won't be the last of you know major disasters that happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you uh, if you're if you are interested and want to help in those kind of scenarios, go for the aid organizations. They're going to be better at coordinating 
getting the stuff in in the right way in the right order with coordination than you know sort of a grassroots thing a lot of times. So you know that would be my recommendation. Try and find the right uh, the right orgs that are uh, that are practiced at getting things in there that are already ready to go. Like yep. they've already grassrooted themselves and they're exactly. just like, they need you to supply the, that extra manpower to them mm -hmm. um, versus you trying to start from the ground up. Right. You know, I get that. Yeah. Hey, well, what a wonderful show. It's been a pleasure. I want to give a shout out to Lily for arranging everything. And I want to thank Ben Williams, former uh, Navy uh, officer, uh, surface warfare, uh, humanitarian, and just a really nice, cool dude that just wants to talk about cool stuff like polywog okay i just yeah. want to say thanks on behalf of brandon webb former navy seal from the navy uh give him a shout out go buy his book for the holidays any of them go look up brandon webb and uh i'm also on all the audible for most of the books so i'm the voice of finn go check out <laughs> chief finn and uh i want to say the bookstore don't forget that we have softrep.com forward slash book hyphen club and the merch and on behalf of ben williams and lily this is rad saying peace You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.